Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And I am your host, Bill Sickens. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. We've got some great material coming up for you this week. We've got our news and questions and all of our normal stuff, plus two great interviews. One I'm going to leave as a secret. It'll be in the next segment. The second one is from CowboyCon in Nevada. So got some boots on the ground there to take that literally and uh, got the event covered. It's uh, something that they handle on a pretty annual basis. I know that there's been some schedule changes for the last couple of years because of COVID, but they got that going again and they are looking pretty good with that. So this is all stuff that we like to cover. We are looking forward to getting back to some live events. We've got Emerald City Comic Con coming up in December and we will do that if we can. We've also got the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in January, and Chaz has done that for us the last couple of years. He will be there this year. So are we. Going to check it out and see what it actually is. And with no further ado, let's go into the news. Today's news is brought to you by In-Office Diagnostics. Our drive through COVID-19 testing pod is located at 18810 Southwest Kruger Road in Sherwood and offers accurate PCR testing at no cost to the general public with results available in 24 to 48 hours. Visit inofficediagnostics.com for more information. So what's in the news? Mandatory 10-digit dialing becomes effective on October 24th, 2021. That's coming up real soon. Yeah, it's coming yes, right it up. Um, I think that's Monday, actually. And... Uh, what this is, is in a lot of jurisdictions, and you'll need to check your own, but it seems to be most places, actually, they're requiring that you dial the area code with even local calls going forward. And it's to bring in a new prefix for a national suicide prevention hotline. And it's, you know, so from that standpoint, I think it's worth doing, but it is something we're going to have to get used to. And if you have numbers saved in your phone, that type of thing, you might have to go in and add the area code in order for it to continue working going forward. So another change that's coming up, we pretty much at this point will have 10-digit numbers. So it went from 6 to 7, and now 7 to 10. Now, one other thing I think is that I kind of wish they would have just did this for all 50 states. Yeah, having some consistency would be nice. And I mm -hmm. thought they had, because that's what I originally had heard, but then according to the press release I saw, it's based on different area codes, and there was a list of which area codes are getting it. So I don't know if that decision changed along the road or what, but... Uh, I think that's going to create confusion for people who are visiting from states that don't do it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Now, one thing I do know is you can dial the area code even when it wasn't required. It would still right. work. Yeah. So if you want to just kind of, you know, cover your basis on that, maybe just do it anyway. Madden files class action lawsuit against Canon about their printers. Yeah, this is filed under the very frustrated with certain tech department because of what it mm. is. So apparently Canon has been doing this thing on their all-in-one machines. An all-in-one machine is a printer that also has a scanner, usually a fax machine, you know, other functions like that. That if you get low on ink, it will disable the other functions. So mm. in other words, if you're out of ink, you can't scan. That's stupid. Or facts. Or facts. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. This is, that's incredibly stupid. And it doesn't make any sense at all in regards to how the machine works. Oh, I can just see myself throwing the thing through the window. Well, yeah, I mean, this would be incredibly <laughs> frustrating. And I think uh -huh. that uh, yeah. 
I can see where they're going with this. And it is a situation where, you know, why would you even do that? Because a lot of people, you it's very difficult. You can still get them, but flatbed scanners and a lot of those type of devices are not as available as they once were. And usually, No, they're hard to find. They're hard to find. You usually would do an all-in-one, but you may not need the printer. And if you yeah. don't, now all of a sudden, if, if you don't have ink in it, it'll disable the rest of the machine. So I kind of hope this guy, as long as everything's as it's purported to be, that he and the class action lawsuit are able to get somewhere with this, because that does seem ridiculous. Radiant aims to replace diesel generators with small nuclear reactors. Yeah, doesn't that sound just, uh, you know... <laughs> it sounds so safe. What could possibly go wrong, right? Uh -huh. there, this sounds like Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot of companies working on this type of technology, though. Mm -hmm. And what they are is a small nuclear reactor, just as you said. Uh, it's capable of powering about a thousand homes. It uses helium coolant instead of water. Hmm. Uh, it's a company founded by SpaceX engineers, or ex-SpaceX engineers, rather. They ah. were designing power for a Mars colony and came up with the idea of maybe we can use some of this on Earth. Now, yeah. from one standpoint, uh, you know, it would be a form of cleaner energy because you don't have the carbon footprint. Of course, nuclear, you know, we've had a few problems with that over the years, right? So, mm -hmm. But they say that the, this type of a system is smaller than a classic reactor. It's not able to melt down. Uh, it can withstand higher temperatures and so on. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if the technology is safe. I think this could be something that could really be a solution, but um, it, it, it does seem like we have a ways to go to be able to prove that it really is safe. Another target uh, place for something like this would be the military that uses a lot of diesel. The reactor mm -hmm. itself can fit on a um, flatbed truck to be moved. You know, so there's some things from that standpoint that are very interesting. But yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this actually goes and how it functions. And if it's safe, then, you know, maybe it's a solution. New fibers can make breath-regulating garments. So what do you think about that? Well, it sounds like an interesting idea, but what's, I'm not sure how it's supposed to work. What's a breath-regulating garment? Well, and this is, this is what this is. It's something called robotic textiles. And the goal of it is to help performers and athletes train their breathing. So in other words, when you move, when you stress, when you exercise, it can immediately react to what you're doing and then provides tactile feedback in the form of pressure, vibration, stretch, that type of a thing. And in doing this, it will help you supposedly learn to regulate your breathing. Huh. So it's an interesting idea. Um, I could see where these could be used, certainly in the medical area. If you're recovering from surgery or something, mm -hmm. your breathing patterns back, that would make sense. It contains a fluid in the center, and the system itself uh, controls the fibrous geometry by pressurizing and releasing a fluid medium, such as compressed air or water, into the channel, allowing the fiber to act as an artificial muscle. Huh. So it'd be interesting to see where this ends up. Now, this would be somewhat of a bummer if you tore it, I would think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's because it's probably expensive. It's probably expensive, and whatever liquid is in there would probably leak out. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Microsoft called out as big malware hoster thanks to OneDrive and Office 365 abuse. Yeah, so the claim is that they're actually allowing malware programs to be hosted on OneDrive. Mm. Um, and Lovely. it does seem like, and Microsoft also has been very slow and many times to respond to 
malware and different kinds of attacks like that with their software. Exchange servers had all kinds of problems in recent years from being hacked and stuff. And the bottom line of it is, is this, I, I can see where they would be called out on something like this. And again, if the claims are such as they are, it seems like some steps could be taken to uh, deal with this a little better than what's being done now, which seems to be very little. Drones now being used to transport organs and save lives. Beat that, Prime Delivery. Yeah, and there you go. So drones are going to bring <laughs> life-saving organs, and actually this is happening. Yeah. Okay, that'd be li- really weird, you know? Oh, hey, your heart's arrived. Yes. Why is it at my house? <laughs> exactly, you know, or something. <laughs> it's just... Sorry. So drone, drone technology has been tested. Amazon has been using this off and on and uh, trying some different things. They've had some problems where the drones are being stolen. Hold on, our cat is just totally unhappy with this topic. She's getting into bags. <laughs> well, you know what? We get the get the feedback yeah, from... Um, yeah, here, including the cat, and there you are. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess she, we we just went to Barnes and Nobles and um, Barnes and Noble and um, got some books. So I guess she's into some reading materials. Well, there, hey, there you are, smart cat. You know, that's just <laughs> the things. You know, the disruption of the last year and a half, and we're still working out of our houses. Obviously, read my Star Wars books. Haven't had cat in the studio. So um, <laughs> there you are. We'll have to get her opinion on the show this week, too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but using drone delivery is eventually going to become a thing, and using it for Oregon seems to be something that's working quite well. So this is a direction that we're headed with this stuff. So, you know, again, at the end of the day, if it's something that saves lives, they're doing the proof of concept now. It's something that's great. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Special guest joining us today, Dennis Consorte. I said your name right, didn't I? You sure did. That sounds perfect. Perfect, perfect. Dennis, welcome to the show. Let's start out. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So my name is Dennis Consorte, and I've been a digital marketer for close to 20 years. And today what I do is I help small businesses and startups in order to grow faster. One of my superpowers is that I'm an old man, so I'm approaching <laughs> 50, <laughs> and the gray hairs actually bring benefit to a lot of these younger startup companies where I've sort of approached some of the issues that they may see in the future. And so I'm able to kind of guide them in the right direction when things come up, and that's how I help a lot of businesses today. I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you do that. So the first thing that I do is I help out with their digital marketing. That's usually how people hire me in the first place. They say, I have a website, uh, I have some traffic or no traffic or something like that, and I need help. And then I come in and I help them figure out, okay, how do we improve the conversion rate on the website? How do we drive more organic and or paid traffic? How do we build their brand and get their messaging to show through in the content that we create? And when I do this, I create a number of systems for the companies that I work with. So for example, I've got one client where I've created a process in order to produce close to 100 articles per month, every single month for this website. 
And when they saw the way that I built that system, they said, you know what, we need more systems in our company. And then I started helping out with a lot of other things. And now I am uh, what you would call their COO. So that's usually how it happens. Okay, now I'll bet you've seen some really strange thing with website out there. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Uh, what do you mean by strange things? I, well, I, I guess the question that I'm really trying to, to uh, ask there is I know just in my own use of the internet, there's a lot of great content and stuff that's planned out. Sounds like somebody like you would have had something to do with it. And then there's the other side of it, which is the stuff you fix by, uh, by doing this type of thing, I would imagine. So just the, the question is out of curiosity. I bet you've seen what, what would be something that you would say, don't let this happen to you? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Well, when it comes to website content, what I would say is don't just try to throw a bunch of mud at the wall and hope that stuff sticks. Don't do that. Instead, you really need to sit down and think about, okay, what is my mission? What are my core values? And what is the audience I'm trying to reach? And then from there, you can start thinking about different uh, categories for content and how you can fit each of your articles into those different categories. So really what we're talking about is creating a framework for the content that you create rather than just approaching it randomly. And then from there, if you want to get into the SEO side of it, that's where you start doing the keyword research to figure out, okay, which of these categories am I likely to rank well in? Meaning, are there keywords that have both uh, a high volume of traffic and relatively low competition? And if so, that's what you would approach. And then on the social media side, you would look up different topics that are trending and how they relate to the categories that uh, you are targeting. So if you do it that way, then you stand a much better chance than, let's say, a website that just throws up a bunch of content and tries to stuff it with all of these keywords without really paying attention to the message that's in that content. The difference would be getting your brand out, I would think. Yeah, that's exactly right. And when it comes to branding, one of the mistakes that so many small businesses make is they think that branding is all about just what logo you have, what colors you use, what font you use. And that stuff's important. But what really matters is what drives your company? What is the mission behind the work that you do? What are your core values? And can those core values resonate with your audience? If you can figure out how to develop your messaging in such a way that it really resonates with people, then that's where you start building a community. And that's where your traffic doesn't just come and go. It actually sticks. Okay. And that, and that makes sense. And one of the other topics I know that you do is entrepreneur burnout. Can you speak to that a little bit? I sure can. So I'm going to try to give you the short, short version. My story is I, I sold my first e-commerce business in the early 2000s. And since then, I wanted to help other companies with all of the skills that I acquired in order to grow my own company. And that's how I became a digital marketing consultant. And over time, I eventually had my own agency and I grew it too fast. I had too many clients. I had too many employees. I had too much overhead. And it was just overwhelming. And I burned out and the whole thing collapsed. And I had to take a couple of years off just to get my head right. Uh, it affected me uh, emotionally, uh, physically. I, I gained a lot of weight. Um, uh, in every dimension of wellness, it affected me in a very negative way. And it took a really long time to come back from that. And part of what I had to do is just really 
think about what mattered to me. And what I realized was, you know what, time is precious. Time is one of those things that you can run out of. You can always get money, but you can't get your time back. And so I made a promise to myself and I said, you know what, I only want to work with companies where I feel like the work that I do matters, where I really have a sense of purpose and where I know that when I help them, I'm helping other people. And so those are the companies that, that I approach. And I think that a lot of people have gone through similar things, especially with this COVID lockdown. What I see, in fact, there was a recent survey, I, I can send you a link if you're interested, that a lot of people have been quitting their jobs. You may have heard of the quote unquote, great resignation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happening. And what this survey showed was that a lot of the people who are quitting their jobs, as many as a third of those people wanted to start their own businesses. And so we think about, okay, why are people doing this? And I think the answer to that is that people realized, you know what, I've been burning the candle at both ends in a job that I just don't love. So now I've got some time to really think about what matters. I've had more time with my family. I have had less time commuting back and forth to an office. Maybe I really like this work from home thing and I want to keep doing it. And so a lot of people are realizing, you know what, I want to do something that really matters to me because I understand that time is short. With this pandemic, we know that to be true. And, and that really ties to this, this concept of entrepreneurial burnout. I would say that a lot of people have been burning out for many years and they just haven't realized it. Yeah, no, and that would, I mean, that, that would totally make sense. And we see this with the disruption and this is kind of one of the latest things that's coming out of it. So I could see, you know, where people would definitely want to go in that direction. All right, we've got about 30 seconds left. Why don't you give us how how do uh, our audience how does our audience get in contact with you? Best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Just look up Dennis Consorte on LinkedIn, connect with me. As long as you don't look like a spammer, I'm happy to connect. Engage with my content on there and let's have a conversation. All right, sounds good. And we'll also go ahead and get your contact information out on our social media as well as the link you referenced earlier in the interview. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us today. That's awesome. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, William. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show where you ask questions and we endeavor to give you answers. Got some good questions this week, as we always do. Keep them coming in. 503-766-6264. One User-Friendly on Facebook and Twitter or at a website, userfriendlyshow.com. What questions do we have this week? Is it true that I'll have to pay for a $200 a year membership to shop at Best Buy? I don't know. Do you guys do membership stores like Costco? Just Costco, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you just can pay to, pay to shop at a store. All right. So Best Buy is. But it's not $200. No, it's not. Not even close. <laughs> no, it's, it's about half that. So let me explain what's going on here. Um, yes, the answer to this question is actually yes, but it's not obligatory and it's not becoming a membership store like a Costco. You can still shop there without the membership. But what they're doing is this $200 a year tech thing, which is sort of like Amazon Prime, that idea. But it does okay. include a number of things, and for certain people, I think this actually could be a good deal. It just depends on what you're doing. Uh, for one thing, installation 
of anything you buy is included. So you pay the $200 a year and then you go and buy, say, new appliances or a computer or a television you need mounted on the wall. That's part of the membership. Okay, but I have a question. Hmm. What if you live in some kind of hillbilly hick town where um, there aren't enough installers? How are you going to get your money's worth? Because then these people won't show up. Well, I, you know, these challenges (laughs) (laughs) are (laughs) are something that we don't normally experience, but the last year and a half has been full of them. Mm. And I would say that that would be a good question to ask the store because I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not sure it's something that's necessarily been thought of. Uh The idea here definitely is that what they offer would be available. If it became that it wasn't available, that would definitely be a problem. So anyway, but that's what it is. You can check it out at their website. And for some people, I do think this will be worthwhile. But no, you actually don't have to have the membership to shop there. But there are a lot of perks if you get it. Is Android 12 out yet? Android 12 is out. In fact, the original version, the public release of it came out on October 4th, so a couple of weeks ago. It was released to the Pixel phones on October 19th. Pixel 3 and upwards will get it. And it is the latest version to date. Huh. Hmm. Is Facebook really going to change their name? So (laughs) this is an interesting question. When it came in, I did a little bit of uh, digging, and it looks like probably. Uh Are you kidding? So what's going on here is uh, a lot of us know, and if you haven't heard, Facebook has had a bad month, to put it mildly. So are they going to change it to propaganda book? Uh, Yeah, really. I I think this is something that was reported on The Verge, and it is a rumor at this point, so we'll hopefully find out an actual answer here in the coming days. But the thing of it is, is what's going on here is they are looking at rebranding, at least it's being talked about. I think it would be more something like what Google did, where they became Alphabet, but they're still Google. So I don't see them doing away with the Facebook name, but I see them possibly renaming the company to something else and then using that to rebrand to some extent. So we'll see what they end up coming up with here, but this is actually a possibility. When I first read this, I'm like, what? There's no way. But you never know. Huh. What is Atmos? Atmos, this is a listener question that when she called was totally frustrated with sound. And she wanted to do something where she was going to have theater-based sound in her house. And she goes, what is this Atmos thing? It keeps coming up on my receiver. Well, I had to explain. That's a good thing. (laughs) Atmos Atmos is a system um, along the lines of something like Dolby Digital, special encoding format, although it does a lot more in Mm -hmm. which you can get theater quality surround sound. To do it correctly, you would need a minimum of nine speakers. So overhead, surround, front, subwoofer, all that kind of stuff. But when you do put it together properly, it works great. Now, there are some sound bars and things that will do it pretty well. And the experience is actually decent as, as long as you set up right. Your room has to work well because if you don't have the top speakers physically there, it'll try to bounce sound off the ceiling and back wall. I ran into a problem with this because I don't have a back wall in my theater room, so I had to, or will have to go and deal with this in the uh, more formal way with the actual speakers. But that's what it is. It's a type of surround sound type of, or actually it's more than that. It's an object-based sound system. And what that means is it actually can dictate where in the room the sound feels like close, far away, up, down, all that kind of stuff. And it really is quite cool. It's Do they exp- use this in the theaters? They use it in the theaters. Uh, Dolby Vision, which is video, which also contains a lot of these qualities and stuff. And you can get that all in your home now with the right equipment. You will have to open your checkbook, though. Yeah, of course. Don't come cheap. 
But if you're really into home theater and you can afford to do it, it is worth the money. But you got to do it right because if you don't, then it's not worth spending the money at all because it won't work. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, Steve Mailer with CowboyCon. Well, thanks, Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen. I'm at uh, CowboyCon 2021 out in Fallon, Nevada, and I have the incredible good luck and good fortune of sitting down with a, a award-winning actor and award-winning author, Michael Dante. Mr. Dante, thank you so much for sitting and joining me here on User-Friendly. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, one of the things you may may or may not know is uh, Mr. Dante was a character actor or performer in one of my favorite episodes of, uh, or favorite series, rather, in the late 19, mid-1960s late 1960s the original Star Trek yes and not only that though you've appeared in what 30 something 30 films, films and a, approximately 150 television shows my god you I mean that's truly an, an amazing career how did you your career start well it's very interesting I started out in life as a professional ball player and um, had an injury in my second year and um, Decided to go to the University of Miami of Florida as a drama major. Okay. I, you know, that was my second love, to be an actor. <laughs> and along the way, uh, my inter- my roommate was a good friend of Tommy Dorsey. And Tommy, we met uh, Tommy Dorsey in Miami. He was doing one-nighters there. And Tommy um, was very, very uh, impressed with the fact that I was an actor and a ball player. He loved baseball. And he came to see me in a rehearsal of a play I was doing and uh, said I had great potential to be a star. And at that time, uh, my injury to my shoulder was doubtful. Uh, So uh, he said, look, if your arm doesn't respond and you don't stay with the Washington Senators, whom I was going to spring training with in March, I want to arrange a screen test for you at uh, MGM Studios. Tommy Dorsey arranged a screen test for you the at MGM. Tommy Dorsey. Oh, my gosh. Then. Right. During that period of time, my arm was uh, coming around but wasn't 100% right. I took a leave of absence, joined Tommy in Hollywood. Uh, he arranged a test for me at MGM. I tested at MGM. MGM signed me to a contract, and I never went back Amazing. to baseball. Amazing. 30, 30 wow. films and 150 television shows later, and many awards. Well, I mean, and that's our good fortune, because we've been able to enjoy you on the big screen and the little screen for all these years. So that's that's a real testament. So Tommy Dorsey, did Tommy Dorsey do that for a lot of people? No, not for a lot of people. He helped a lot of people. But one person that he was really, really knew he was going to be a big star, and he mentioned that to me. He said, I helped a lot of people in my lifetime. But there was one person that really, really knew he was going to be a big star. And his name was Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. And he said, I think you're going to be uh, a movie star, no doubt in my mind. So he helped you and the chairman of the board. His chairman of the board, <laughs> he was. Wow. That is, that's incredible. So what time, like what years did was this that occurring was in 1955. for you? The mid-50s, okay. Yeah, the mid-50s, yes. So of all the different things that you've done, 
I mean, I love the episode of Star Trek that you're, I hate, I hate when the Klingon killed you. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? But he got his just rewards, he got, didn't he? Right. Yeah, they, exactly. he sure did. So I noticed that you've also, you've been on shows like Bonanza. You've been on a lot of Westerns. Do you have a favorite genre that you like acting in? Oh, I, like, I love Westerns because you, most of the work you do in Westerns, you do outdoors. Okay. And I like propagating the American history, the wonderful stories. Nice. And fantasizing being a cowboy. Because okay. when I was a, a youngster, I always wanted to be a cowboy. Well, I'm sure that's what brought you to Cowboy Con 2021, <laughs> isn't it? Because yes. we are definitely celebrating the cowboy here. Now, I'm looking at this wonderful table, a collection of books. It looks like you've got one, Michael Dante from Hollywood to Michael Dante Way. Is that that's autobiographical? That's autobiographical. I won the um, Ella Dickey Award in Marshfield, Missouri in 2018. And uh, it's a uh, 306 pages with about 100 pictures. It looks awesome. And it took me two years to write it, my autobiography. And to win, that was my first book. To win an award writing my first book, I can't tell you how scintillated and and thrilled I was to receive the award. In the process of, of doing that, how did you editorialize your life? to make it fit into a 360-page book. Well, it was interesting. I remembered everything, for one thing. It was wonderful. And um, by the way, the Hollywood, from Hollywood to Michael Dante Way, Michael Dante Way is the name of the street, my hometown named after me, in Stamford, Connecticut, where I was okay. born and raised. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, in the context of those 306 pages, uh, just to be from the beginning, wanting to be a cowboy as a okay. as a child, and uh, experiences as a professional ball player, uh, spending three year three under contract to three major studios. One of the few actors that ever lived that had that privilege. I was under contract at one time to MGM, Warner Brothers, wow. and 20th Century Fox. Amazing! I had a five picture deal with 20th Century Fox. So um, I did a, a picture, one of my favorites. The first picture I did there under contract at 20th Century Fox was um, Seven Thieves. Okay. With Eddie G. Robinson, Rod Steiger. What a, you know, an incredible Collins, cast. Yeah, incredible cast. Wonderful cast. Wow. So I'm looking at some contact information for you. You've got a fan group on your website. Oh, yes. And that's www.michaeldanteway.com. Yes, that's um, my uh, website. So that's how folks can contact you if they wanted to get some of these great books that you've done, some of the photos, and, and, and memorabilia. And photos. Yes. Fantastic. And, uh, my uh, email is michaeldanteway at aol.com. Okay. Well, that sounds great. So are you having a good time here at Cowboy Yes, Con? very much so. Nice. Uh, just uh, the fact that they are uh, propagating and uh, continuing with the uh, Western genre yes. you know, made our young people to uh, remember history and remember what the uh, our Western uh, heroes did to blaze the West Teaching is the something I want to continue to propagate. Indeed. So I'm also noticing another book on, on the table here, My Classic Radio Interviews with the Stars, Volume 1. Tell me about that. Well, I did a uh, radio show in Palm Springs for 12 years. Okay. Uh, in introducing all the celebrities that I, I worked with and knew very well. I had the privilege of, um, of just calling them at home and knowing uh, them, uh, but uh, and they had to go through an agent or a lawyer of course. or a PR person. So right. I, we, I had 
265 shows with the top stars in the world. Wow. One hour show, yeah. not wow. 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I'll be darned. And including a three minute show and an hour show. Okay. So um, uh, it's just from A to Z, it, uh, from uh, Anna Marie Alberghetti to Ephraim Zimbalus, so wow. to speak. So the, and, just and, the. In addition, if I may add, sure. 45, about 45 Hall of Famers from the NBA, Major League Baseball, oh, wow. golf. Okay. And uh, the golf world, boxing world, tennis world. You've covered it all. Yes. <laughs> Very fortunate. Well, Mr. Dante, it's, it's been a pleasure meeting you, and it's been a pleasure learning about your wonderful career, and I, I do thank you for being here with me on User Friendly. Thank you very much. It's a privilege, and I'm so happy you're here. Again, we have in common to uh, propagate the West. Yes, yes, Keep we do. Keep it going. Indeed, we do. It's American history. Yippee-yay-yay. Okay. <laughs> Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. Steve, as always, thank you for the great interview. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Great show this week. Great interviews. Cowboy Con, fun event. I'll have to get mm-hmm. to that someday. I, I've heard so much about it, and it's just always fallen on a time that I haven't been able to get out there. But uh, Steve obviously really enjoyed it, so that's good. And it's always fun to hear about something that's going on that's live. And it's completely different. Yeah, yes, completely, it is. Completely <laughs> different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are definitely trying to get to Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle in mm-hmm. uh, December. Coming right up here, it's going to be a bit rainy, I'm sure, but it'll be for I don't care. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. So I, <laughs> I will cosplay a Gordon's Fisherman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we might have to in December in Seattle. but uh, <laughs> so anyway, Or you could go into the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in January. And mm-hmm. that's going to be a fun event. It's been a long time since I've been to that. And... Uh, Always fun to see the new stuff. Chaz has handled that for us the last couple of years. He'll be there, too. So we're going to probably get some good interviews, I would think, from that and be able to check out all the new tech for next year. Awesome. So speaking of such things, we talked about Atmos today. We've talked about home theater and all that kind of stuff. And along those lines, I hear you've seen the season finale of a show that we've talked about. Yeah. Well, what's the show? And tell us about it. Well, it's it's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. And it's... Only Murders in the Building. With Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yep. And, um, <coughs> oh my goodness, the, 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 last, <laughs> the last part will just blow your mind away. <laughs> it, like, yeah. The, they started doing um, like the standard plot twist thing a couple episodes ago, but since it's, you know, you wait a week, it's like, well, okay, what are they doing now? Now what? How did they solve that? So, uh, you know, interesting thing there. So, this is a Netflix show. You know, it's Hulu. Hulu. Okay, so this is a Hulu show. Hulu. And I know you've talked about it in the past. Give us, uh, don't give it away, but give us a little bit of the premise. Basically, there's um, three people in a, a large building. I think it's in New York. Yeah, it's a hotel. It's like a like a, a apartment building in New York. Yeah, and um, they all live there, and. Uh, somebody gets murdered and these three people start a podcast and investigate. Okay. They're, they're fans of other true crime podcasts. And so they, they start their own true crime podcast talking about the murder in their building. 
So that sounds interesting. <laughs> How many episodes is it, do you know? Ten. Ten episodes. Okay, so mm-hmm. one of those type of things. And uh, all right, I'm going to have to check this out. I it, think, it, because it, it's funny. It's charming. It's, it's clever. It's serious. Yeah. Um, it's got everything. I, I think they did a really neat job. All right, Murder in the Building on Hulu. Check it out. All the episodes are apparently there. Let us know what you think of it. And let us know what your questions are. This is really, really something. We do our programming based on what you ask us. That number is 503-766-6264. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter, userfriendlyshow.com. And until next week, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.